Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market podcast brought to you by Mountaintop Data. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking with Alex Golu of 11Site about inbound video calls. This is going to be a very uh, informational episode this time. Basically, it's kind of a new service that's out there. Um, so there'll just be a lot of here's what it is and, and how it works type uh, type talk. Alex is the co-founder and CEO of 11Site, and that's an inbound video call and, and customer engagement platform. Um, Alex, thanks for jumping on today. Hey, thanks for having this guy. So glad to be here. So inbound video call seems pretty new. It's, I mean, everything is video and Zoom and, and, and stuff these days. Can you tell the listeners, like, how new is this? Where does it come from? How does it work? Sounds good. So I'm going to take sort of a couple steps back and then maybe bring us to the beginning of pandemic, right? So what happened is we all realized all of a sudden, oh, we need to, to basically do things online because I cannot leave the house. I cannot visit the customer. They cannot come to my showroom. So at that point, the only technology available at people's fingertips was meeting rooms, Zoom, right? And so we all started using it. But I'm sure your audience, everybody has seen that video of a courtroom where the lawyer looks like a cat and he's unable to change himself because maybe his son or daughter has set the cat filter on and he's stuck in front of the judge. Yeah, but we all know the lawyer did that on purpose and he's blaming it on his kid, but uh, the, the lawyers he just, just needed a distraction, changed the, change the environment. He was having a tough week. Yeah. Yes. So basically what we all came to realize is that, okay, meeting rooms are good, but they are too generic. What the courtroom needs, what the classroom needs are very different. I'm sure you, you guys have been on some event that Hopin or Air, Air Meet has organized 5,000 people, multiple talk tracks and exhibit floor, or you have been on a webinar with hundreds and hundreds of people, some people on the podium, so these are all very different applications. So what we have decided to do as 11 side is focus on a different problem that nobody else is focused on, which is namely the needs of sales and marketing organizations to be able to sell their solution to their customers and then for customer success organizations to keep those customers happy. So essentially what we call a customer engagement platform. Right. Now, we said, okay, so what are the needs of that environment and how can we satisfy them? We observed several big shifts that have actually taken place in parallel in the industry. One of them is the information about a given company is not necessarily on their website only. Maybe it's in their YouTube videos. Maybe it's on a podcast interview they have done with somebody like you, or it's on G2 and Captera reviews, maybe a LinkedIn post and so forth. Or, it's, I mean, yeah, they could be coming off of uh, their Facebook page and then have a question. Facebook, Instagram, exactly, right? Because if you are a B2C company, you are probably doing a lot of blogging on Facebook, Instagram. A B2B company, you are probably more on LinkedIn, depending on when your audience, right? So what you need to do is give your prospects the ability to reach you with minimal friction from any of those media. I mean, there are even companies who still send out printed material. And if need be, you want the customer to be able to scan a QR code and call you. So that's one need that we have seen. The other thing that we realized also is that given all of that information, today's customers are well informed. They do their homework, they create their shortlist, right? So when they reach out to a business, it's not to kick the tires, right? If you want to buy a car, you are not going to go to the dealership to tell them what cars they have. You're going to figure that out on Ford's website. Once you decide what you want, that's when you want to test drive it. Like we ourselves at 11 site last December, we said, hey, do we want to be a W2 company next year or do we want to start 1099 contract? At that point, I reached out to Trinet, Paychex, and ADP. Trinet got back to us fast enough so that January 1st, we could make the transition. The other two guys, by the time they get back, that they got back to me, we already had the handshake with Trinet. But the reality is, if Trinet had not gotten back to us either, 
we would probably just not implement this at all. Because as a growing company, there are a lot of parts of our company that we are making changes and building better processes and so forth. I would have jumped to the next problem that we would implement. So that's the other realization in this part of this big change is that the prospects do their homework. And then when they, they want to implement something, they want to implement it now. The same way when you when a customer has a problem, they want to talk to you, they want to talk to you now. So this works very well, it seems, for um, commodity-esque type products where there's multiple that are kind of the same. It's whoever they really talk to first. They probably end up moving with smaller purchase, so, semi-impulse buy almost, where you're just like, yeah, we have this problem. We need it solved. These companies can do it. Let's go. Exactly. Type of a solution. So that actually was a place where we further honed in because what the solution we came up with was, okay, so people want to talk instantly. Where does this matter? But if this is a $17 t-shirt I'm buying, I don't want to talk to the vendor. They don't want to talk to me. And if this is like a million dollar purchase, there will be RFIs and RFPs, nine month sales cycle. So that first interaction doesn't need to be instant. Because today's modus operandi is you send the prospect to your website from all these different channels. You make them fill out a form, maybe interact with an AI chatbot, and at best you get a meeting in five to ten days. Uh, and well, you go through a handful of qualifying hoops where they try to decide if they want to spend any bother spending time with you um, that are super annoying. So, yeah. is there a sweet spot for like the the lifetime customer value for your product? It seems like. Yeah you really have this Goldilocks zone of too big and it's the process is bigger than you need a now solution really, although it probably wouldn't hurt, but too small. Yeah. It's really, is just going to waste the company's time with a bunch of actual tire kickers or small purchases that you're giving this yeah. high end service to. So exactly. So the, the customer should be more, worth more than a thousand bucks to warrant that 15 minute video call because that's all you are committing is like a 15 minute conversation, maybe even less to see the prospect, right? That already helps you qualify the person. You ask three, four questions. You can build some legitimacy and trust. And at the end of that 10, 15 minutes, you have achieved a lot more than what would have transpired over a 10 day period before you actually met that customer. Okay, sure, the AI chatbot would have gathered some information, but you would still have to prepare for a meeting and go into that meeting prepared. So you obviated the need for that preparation. Right. The customer wasn't expecting you to be prepared. They just called you. And all that for kind of a semi-impulse buy or something, you're just, yeah. it's its small, but it's a problem that needs to be solved. You just want to pull the trigger. I've had this the exact scenario you mentioned at the beginning here of just like, okay, I need to solve this problem. Let me go find something hit the live chat. The first company, you get some bot, sends you through some hoops, says, okay, let's set up a call. I'm just like, okay, on to the next one. I, I really just want to get this purchased and done with in the next 10 minutes. And it's probably a reoccurring revenue monthly type thing, but it's, yes. you know, it's going to be some less than a hundred dollars a month. Yes. Let's get this done. I have a task I need to check off. And yeah, if I get put into some, let's schedule a call for next week or a demo. I'm like, no, 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 no. I just need this. I need yeah. it. Let's go. Exactly. But I have a couple of questions and I got to know, can it do this? I need to have this solved. And yeah, when I can't get somebody, it's like, move on, move on, move on. And then, yeah. like you said, sometimes move on to the next task and that never gets looked at again. Like the sale yeah. is just gone and nobody else got it. It's just gone. And then we realize that maybe it's like not, in, it, it's not all done in that first call. Maybe there is a second call and an onboarding meeting, et cetera. But the sweet spot essentially is sales cycle is 30 days or less. And a couple people are involved in the decision, but that's it. Because the first impression you create on that first meeting is going to make a huge difference because you will definitely differentiate yourself against your competitors and others because we all hate talking to chatbots as customers, but as VP of sales or demand gen people, it's like, oh, let's throughput optimize our sales team. And that makes no sense in today's day and age. I mean, if you think about it in the 80s, the sales guy was in a suit and tie in an office, the phone rang and they picked it up. They were dressed, they were ready. Now yeah. we are working from home. 
But I mean, what does it take to create a white background and have a reasonable t-shirt and we don't need to wear a suit and tie anymore? Or even not look at my background. Nobody cares what the background is anymore. Right. <laughs> We've gotten over that. That was forced by, by COVID kind of. Um, so yeah, it occurs to me, I've had scenarios where I go into a, a live chat or something like that. And these companies, they're all optimizing to minimize their own waste, I guess. The problem is they're looking at like, okay, there's 10 people going to gonna come through. One of them is an actual buyer. Nine of them are a waste of time. They're trying to qualify and get rid of the waste of times, but they also annoy the shit out of the buyer. Yeah. It's like the buyer has to go through those same hoops and you're like, but you just turned that buyer and you just made 10 people with zero buys because I went halfway through the process and screw this and moved on to the next uh, commodity broker. Yes. So exactly that. And basically what we are also seeing is that the other fact is the person who is calling you with video is already a qualified buyer. Nobody is going to call a business on a video call line to say, hi, I have a question, right? For that, people are much more comfortable sending you an email or a question and download the paper. All of the information that's otherwise obtainable is there and people will do that. Right. So by the time people reach out with a video call, that's actually a very likely win or transaction. I mean, interesting. So they pre-filtered themselves to, away from tire kicking because they're committing a little bit. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, our customers have told us that a video initiated interaction is three times like more likely to result in a sale than any other Internet lead. I mean, hmm. part of it is clearly because you are not losing that lead you are actually building a trust and relationship. But part of it is because the guy that called on video, they meant it, as opposed to just filling out a form and say, you know, I should actually do some research. I might need this someday. Right. Or the you get the bot form fills, you get the people doing market research. They're not going to come through on a video call because they want to see your process or just get information on your company or a bot randomly filling out forms online yes type of a junk or marketing to you bot is not gonna video call me so (laughs) i'd mentioned like oh this is great because and now i feel like i'm doing an infomercial but anyway um because uh there's the issue with people over qualifying and losing the actual sale person you this solution video in but the inbound video doesn't really solve that i mean that's a customer's people could still use this inappropriately and drive away the interested prospects trying to overqualify, right? I mean, it doesn't, other than that built-in threshold. Yeah, so I mean, definitely you can always ask a couple questions. And what we do actually encourage our customers is let the prospect who is calling tell you their name, last name, email, phone number, and a call reason, right? Minimal, five pieces. Because what we will do is we'll take all of that information and take it into your CRM. We have a HubSpot integration. If the contact already exists, then we can tell you information about that person. If the company already exists from the email, we can tell you that. And uh, we can even take that to Clearbit or other places. And maybe there's an existing customer that you want them to talk to a specific person. So a little bit of friction is something you can always add. But if you want like a hierarchical chatbot that's going to ask for questions and then say, okay, I'm going to give you video that's definitely within the possibilities of implementing. Right. So they can still create too much friction if they want, but right. that's up to them. Right. That's up to the user. I mean, you know, if you have the problem of you have too many, too much revenues, the CEO is saying, let's create less revenues. The VP of sales is saying, hey, I don't need any more qualified leads. Uh, I have all the leads I want. Sure, you can increase the friction, but until such time, you should lessen the friction and let the qualified leads come in. Because some other in the industry statistics are, is that if you schedule a meeting, at least 30% will not show up. And that number is growing over time because by then they either forgot about the problem or they have already made a different decision. And then 78% of the people in that niche buy from the vendor they talk to first. We are very much like what you were talking about. Right. right? So all of this suggests that to actually accelerate lead conversion, unbeatable speed to lead, 
you need to give your prospects the ability to see you instantly with a video call. Now, sure, give them the option of scheduling a meeting and give them the option of sending you an email and so forth. But by all means, give them the option to have that video call. Right. So I mentioned uh, commodity products where people could buy from any number mm-hmm. of you know credit card processing company, let's say those right. kind of things. Um, what about this product itself, your company and doing the inbound video call? You mentioned since the beginning of COVID that everybody suddenly has Zoom and they have cameras set up and all that. Um, how new is this? Is this a since COVID type fresh on the market? Do you guys have a lot of competition? What's the what's the marketplace look like? I'll for you actually guys? give you the longer story is that we started the company in 2016 with this vision of becoming a customer engagement platform. But so you guys, COVID hit and you were like, we made it. Yes. <laughs> so the, the funny thing is that end of 2019, we are thinking, okay, people are not ready for video yet. We should slow down and, you know, we don't need to build every single feature. We thought about it. Let's the, let's the market evolve. And then all of a sudden, April of 2020, it's like, oh, it happened overnight. Now we are behind. So we have been running like crazy ever since. And I mean, we have added tremendous capabilities to the product because as I was saying, the need of the prospect is to reach the business, but then the business has different needs, right? We are our first customer and every question that people might come up with is that how do I implement this in my business? We have seen and we have addressed, right? So your first case study was you. We were the first case study. And then we had successes in automotive. We had successes with B2B SaaS companies and home retail, like refrigerators. So these are all items in that $1,000 to $100,000 sweet spot. What what industry have you seen this um, be most successful for? Like out of all your customers? It's not one industry. It's more that deal size and, and velocity of sales. That makes a difference. And a couple of people will make a decision, right? It does work for B2B SaaS, but it does work for B2C, buying a car, buying a refrigerator. And it also works in customer success because you buy that car, you take it home, you have a question. You buy that fridge, you have a question. Or you have the software, you just signed up for a PLG type product, maybe with a 15-minute call, maybe without a 15-minute call. Every month is a new booking. Every month is a renewal, right? If I can have a quick conversation and somebody can listen to my problem and tell me, oh, this is how it's solved, that takes five minutes. That prevents the churn, right? right. Try to do a lot of things. Oh, is this a happy customer? And we do that. I mean, we have churn zero and we send questionnaires, we send emails, we look at the statistics. But the key thing is we give our customers the ability to call our support line and ask questions. And that makes a huge difference. I mean, if you go to G2, if you go to Kapka and look at our reviews, the reason we are at 4.6, 4.8 is because of our customer service. Hmm. Using and inbound video. Using inbound video, right? Because like this concept of product-led growth has become... Uh, a big topic in the last two, three years. The key thing here is that the product is leading. So the product is the lead. You still sometimes need somebody to close that deal. And we do this, right? So, I mean, our product is not that expensive. You can come to our website. You can sign up. You can figure out how to use it. But eh, when we listed this on AppSumo, we fielded a lot of calls. Those calls were five minutes. It's like, oh, how does this work? We said, boom, this is how it works. They said, oh, can I use this for this? Like, can I put it on my website as a button? Yes. Okay, and how do I do that? It's like, it's a, once, you'll, once you sign up, we'll give you the help pages to do that. And then right. the, the meeting get, in that case is, get them to do the free sign up and then we'll put them on a path. Right, now the, they're on the, yeah, they're on the path. The whole get is, let's schedule the meeting with an account executive. So now, okay, this is more of a $5,000 a month type of solution. It's not going to be an impulse buy on the first call. 
because there are some implementation details, a couple of questions, because even after I sign up, there is an implementation I'm going to go through. But it, so it might not be an impulse buy, but it still could be an impulse lead. But by that I mean like your impulse lead, yes. Yeah. Because that's the, that's like part of that big shift is by the time a company customer reaches out to you with video, they have the need. They have more or less decided I'm going to do something about this now, and either they are going to do this or after like a couple hours of researching this, etc. Maybe they'll move to the next next problem. So. Right. To, to make this actually really easy, what we have done is we have reduced the communication identity of an individual or of a product or a team to a URL, right? Anybody in your audience can actually call me directly. It's bcall.link slash alexpolo, A-L-E-K-S-G-O-L-L-U. So, or they can call our sales team, bcall.link slash 11. Now you're... And 11site.com slash Alex version of that too. but. The whole idea is that when they call the sales line, we have a team of five people. All of their devices ring, assuming they are at work. These are their work hours. Any one of them can answer. They get the lead. Yeah. So it's just like a sales phone pool, traditional setup. It just has video. Yes. Yes, I imagine a, video also screen sharing. Somebody wants to see, they can actually be shown. You go oh, through. That's right. I mean, document data. sharing, screen yeah. sharing, pointing at the screen, taking pictures. We have a lot of good features like that. So what happens? Somebody calls you right now, but you're not available because you're talking to me. Did, do you, you set them to be routed somewhere else or there's a video so voicemail? We or? have this escalation concept. So if you call me and if I'm not available, the call can escalate to somebody else I pick. So in my case, it's going to be either Rafael or Farah, our VP of marketing or our CTO, that will ring and they'll have to answer. Now, if they don't answer either, then sure, it goes to a voicemail, which is basically on, on screen. There is some text, there is some video, my calendar opens and it says, you know, sorry, maybe you called outside business hours, right? In that case, that does happen is Sorry, you called outside business hours. Please schedule a meeting with me or leave a message. I'll get back to you. Or sorry, we are, we are busy. We couldn't answer, but here's our calendar. Schedule a meeting. We would love to talk to you soon as soon as possible. Plus, if the form was activated, we know the person who called. Within a few minutes, we'll get back to them. But the default image in that scenario, just to, and you can have this for free, should be a cartoon of somebody sitting on the toilet. <laughs> like, sorry, we're not available right now. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll use that in one of the videos. Like <laughs> of somebody. Yeah, so like our CTO has this image of a dancing kangaroo that we yeah. should play. And... See, I could answer, but trust me, you don't want me to on a yeah. video call cartoon on the toilet. Yeah. yeah. Although although I have answered calls on the toilet, but I oh, just... know. little... <laughs> <laughs> Typically not for a customer, but if somebody from the company is calling and, you know, it's like, okay, so what do you have? Ah, okay, fine. Do that. Fine. fine. Oh, come on. If it's an employee, that's a, you need to do the video. That's an age old <laughs> intimidation tactic. You got to talk to him on the toilet. <laughs> so what we do for the business then is we implement all of these capabilities such that we can route the call to the most suitable available salesperson. The lead is saved into your CRM. We have, we have basically HubSpot integration on the call screen. So this is an asymmetrical call. Like in the meeting room, we are both in the meeting room. But if you call me on my 11-site line, I'll have you fill out a form. You'll see me. It's not going to be that different from this meeting. But on my end, I'll have my HubSpot integration on the side. I'll have information about you. More importantly, on any given line that you are calling in, there will be specific instruction, right? Maybe we are doing something like we did something for oh. SAP. So the rep has some prompts, so they're not just completely blindsided. Exactly, right? So we want to make sure that the rep knows what they are doing. And then that's basically on a call line basis. Or you may have like a team that answers questions about this product, but there are five different places you are advertising. 
And depending on where the call is coming from, you want to greet differently. You want to have a different icebreaker. Right. So all of that will appear on the screen for the salesperson to answer. The other reason I'm bringing this up is that if there is anybody in your audience that actually provides call answering services, mm. right? Actually, they are a service company, not a product company selling products, but they answer calls on behalf of others. That's our product is a great opportunity for them because they can have one agent that's sort of trained on four or five customers' messages, but they can answer then calls coming in on any line, depending on the customer is. Their background is going to be different. Their logo is going to be different on the screen. And they'll say, oh, welcome to such and such company and help you. And then there are four questions that I need to ask to qualify. And the get is either sign up on the website or schedule a meeting, schedule a meeting at the dealership. So what I'm hearing is the nature of your product is a customer service company that has 20 clients they're providing customer service for only needs to buy one of your product um, because it's kind of built into it that they can use it for for all their clients. Uh... Yes and no. It's not (laughs) one line though because what they need to do is if they want to do that is for every client they have, they create an organization, right? Some of their team members are going to be in that organization along with my agents that are working for that company. So the product is such that your customers even have the option of answering some of the calls if they are available. Uh, So if, um, if you're doing it for your own company, you'll be able to see like what promotional page they're coming in from to treat the inbound differently. But if you're, if you're a customer service agency, you're still going to have to get multiple licenses in order to, handle it properly. So you will probably have a different license for each customer because you want the calls coming in on different lines. Right? Right. If the calls are coming in on the same line, then you don't know where the call is coming from. Sure, you could do this, but then I need to talk to you first to figure out uh, where you saw me. I mean, you are, okay, fine. You are coming from a G2 Captera page, but so. So let's, Um, I was just, Looking mm-hmm. for a loophole there where people could uh, um, use I mean, service they, on the cheap. They want to if they don't care. But the reality is that if one line is good enough, then you don't need an infrastructure like this. Hmm. Right, right. Cheaper fire alternatives for that. But the moment you have two, three people answering calls in a company, the moment you are serious, you are selling. You want to have meetings. And the other thing that I haven't actually had a chance to tell you about is that we also have meeting rooms, right? So if you are already paying Zoom or somebody else $10, $15 a month just to have meeting rooms, we have bundled that in. So you are not only getting these inbound video lines from us, but everybody who is a user gets their dedicated meeting room. When you create a team, the team gets their meeting room. Oh, so there might be other meeting room so software they're that using that savings that you have that uh, you don't need to pay for your Zoom or Teams or I don't know what you're using, maybe whereby, etc. The meeting rooms are built in. The, the nice thing about this is that everything is in the same environment. All the information is flowing into your CRM. The other thing is that there are these seamless transitions. Maybe you call me. And I want our VP of marketing in the meeting, or I'm an SDR and I want my AE to come in right away because this guy is definitely qualified. So I have the ability to convert that one-on-one conversation into a meeting by just ringing the account executive for them to pick it up. So the SDR can be like, help, I don't know what I'm doing and call in someone else. So I'm going to ask a question that most people hate. But since this is an informational kind of almost a, yeah. you know, a product type episode we have here, um, we don't we don't do these kind of episodes very often. But um, I am going to require an answer from you on this. People try to dodge it frequently. We're okay. talking about your solution specifically. It's a fairly new thing. People listening are going to want to know the main thing people always want to know. What is the price of this of this solution? So. 
It is on our website. Your the, pricing is available on the website. Yeah, it is oh, available good. on the website. The price is available on the website. There is some very low introductory pricing right now. And in fact, right now, the, the last quarter, we're going to be running a special where they can just sign up. We are not even going to ask them for their credit card because we want to bring as many people in. What we have found is that if people come in, they like the product and they stay anyway. So I encourage them to come in, to come. They should go to our website and sign up. And then when they actually tell us that they heard about us uh, at your podcast, we'll give them another 10% off, right? Off of what though? You still So now the fact that you say the pricing is on your site tells me it's not you know, $2,000 a month, but there's still a pretty large window there. Like what are we talking? 99 cents a month here. What are we talking about? Per user per month right now. Okay. If you want all the features, if you want something very basic, it's more like $15 per user per month. Wow. Okay. So very affordable for. It's very affordable because again, it's like the end of this year, it's introductory pricing. So you sign up with five users, it's hundred bucks a month. It's like one of those things where just do it, start using it, we'll work with you. Now in time, our aim is obviously you're gonna grow. So the other thing we actually have just started offering also is if you are concerned that you cannot answer the calls yourself in real time, we will provide you with an additional service of answering calls on your behalf. Oh, wow. so you're saying, hey, why have this is brand new? I'm announcing this year on your show that uh, we have some partnerships and we have our own team. I mean, our own team has now just learned how to do this real time conversations. People come in, a couple icebreakers, a little bit of legitimacy and trust there. Where, where are you calling from? What do you guys do? And then, yes, sure, we want to understand the, their sales cycle, how fast is it, how many people do they have, and you know, what's their customer lifetime value, right? So this, that we know this is a good guy. Hey, sign up now. So you have people, I imagine, that were doing trials, and then they were you talk to them, and they'd say, well, it's great, but we just don't have somebody on hand to answer it all the time, so it ends up not really being worth it. Um, and then people... When they go on a video, they really expect, you know, if you get live chat and there's no live to it, it's just, it's just leaving a message, you're a little bumped. But if you go on video and there's no person there, you're probably even a bigger hit. So you basically branched and said, okay, I guess we'll provide that service for them rather than referring them to another company that does customer service. You're just like, okay, here's another product line for us. So, I mean, it's ironical that B2B companies somehow have, entrench themselves in these AI chatbot and forms and meetings in five to 10 days. And then product-led growth companies are either like either sign up or schedule a meeting with me that it doesn't make sense. But we also realize, and when we talk to VP of sales or uh, to lead, lead gen teams, they say, look, we understand that, but right now we are not wired to calls reliably. And so we said, We'll be part of the solution. If that's a problem you have, we'll solve that problem for you as well. Because what we do know is the expectation of the prospect on that first call is not very high. Hmm. You just want to see how responsive is this business. If I need them down the line, will they answer a call? And they may have a few basic questions. And if those are standard questions, we can answer that. It seems almost self-healing, if that's the right expression to use. So you have a company that says, okay, we like this service, but basically we don't have enough inbound on it to have somebody dedicated or available all the time. We don't have enough people. Well, that just means they're not getting that many inbound. So it's a lot easier for your people to handle. Now, if they start getting more, it's going to be make sense for them to take it over anyway. So that's exactly also why we introduced the service. It's not that, you know, we're going to make a lot of money by being a service company. We want to become a solution company. Maybe there will be a small service division, but but we will then show them that, look, you have your statistics of people filling out forms and only 60% show up to the meeting, right? 
if I actually talk to them, qualify them and schedule a meeting, will they show up, right? If they are then showing up 90, 95% of the time, or if I just get them to sign up, right? There is the basic sign up, then that would be a very evident thing that look, you need to increase your inbound. I mean, so that's actually another thing that you brought up is like another thing we look at is companies that have some degree of inbound traction, right? If your business is only growing through referrals, then eh, maybe we are not the right thing, right? You only talk to people who already know you. But if you are basically, and I mean, so that's the other thing is that like all the SDR, BDRs these days get told about social selling and say they get told, hey, you yourself need to be out there and posting yourself LinkedIn posts, Facebook posts, depending on the industry, and you should generate some leads for yourself. Right. For all of these people, the call to action is, hey, call me. Yeah. And they can even use different trackers depending on whether this was a Facebook post or a LinkedIn post. When the call comes in, even as an individual, I can tell, oh, this is the campaign I ran on LinkedIn or this is the campaign I've ran on Facebook. So we have that level of hierarchical capabilities within the organization, within the user. So it's a full featured system that has evolved based on what our customers said they need and what we as a customer needed. So products seem to mature to a point where they are kind of done. Yeah. And customer service, I look at this and I'm like, oh, having people able to call in, great. Having, I don't know, I'm sure at some point customer service where they gave you their address and you would write a letter and they would write a letter back. Um, you know, live chat, okay, great. Um, is this the final maturity of customer service being able to video chat in or is there some other layer that will be added on some other function people will be able to do to provide customer service at some point down the road? Uh, I mean, augmented reality and so forth are all capabilities that are actually in the horizon. I mean, it seems like a gimmick though. I don't see how that's going to add actual value to the customer service. Thing, yeah, the one thing we have is like a pointing feature. So if, if you are, if you want an estimate on your roof and I just wanted like you to go closer or like do you need a new water heater, I want you to point at something. I can touch the screen. We can actually implement pointing that way. We actually allow you to take a picture at the resolution of the other side's camera, not just screen scraping. So these are capabilities we have built to make the support more easy and even the sales more easy. Because if I have a used car that I, so if I'm actually going to trade in my used car to the dealership, they need to see it. Maybe they can give me a, an estimate on it live. So then I need to do a walk around. Then I need to actually turn my video on. Right, right. Interesting. Then I need to share my screen and show what it is on that video call. Excellent. I want to switch gears a little and make sure um, we're just eating up time here. Uh, for anybody, uh, this isn't a radio show. I don't know. People don't tune in halfway through, but we're talking with uh, Alex uh, Golu of 11 Site. I always want to say Site 11 of 11 Site. And uh, they do inbound video call service or software, I guess. Um, let's talk about you a little bit, Alex. Uh-huh. Where you uh, where you come from, how you got to this, why and how you even started this company. I see that um, what you went to UC Berkeley We've got some, uh, you've got some pretty, pretty nice academics in your background. You've taught yes. in colleges. You've got some um, MIT going there. Tell us kind of where you came from and how you got into this specific business. So uh, I come from Istanbul, Turkey. So English actually happens to be my fourth language. So that's why you may detect that slight accent. The accent actually is not Turkish or German or Armenian. Those are the other languages I speak. It's more like, who are the people I've been talking to in the last six months? So it's meander. 
So when you speak yeah. enough languages, your accent is fluid, is what you're saying? It just I, I mean, in my case, it's fluid. It's not set. When I first came, everybody thought I was German. Nowadays, people hear the Turkish more because we have an engineering team in Turkey and I talk to them and they basically talk with the Turkish accent. So you have a nomadic accent. If you went to yes. the Alabama, you'd be talking like you were from Alabama. Oh, you know, all that's exactly what would happen. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, I did. I did then my undergrad at MIT, PhD at Berkeley. But in between, I worked. And one of the companies I worked was Oracle. They were like a couple thousand people when I joined. And I said, ah, this company is too big. And I moved to a smaller company. Obviously, they are now, Oracle is slightly bigger than 2,000 right now. I moved to a company. There were 100 people. They went public when I was working there. So that gave me the entrepreneurship bug. You said, rats, they're too big again. How do I find a company that's going to stay small? Come on. <laughs> so my co-founder, Farah, and I were PhD students at Berkeley. We were working on automated cars, automated highways. And it was evident to us that it was going to take, this is like back in the mid-90s. It was evident to us that this was not going to become quite reality in our lifetime. So we said, okay, what else can we do? And we worked with a third friend, who had been working at AT&T fell And our first uh, startup was SMS applications for wireless handsets. Back when the Motorola flip phone, flip phone was the most advanced phone and Netscape was new. So we're talking about self-driving cars. We still don't have those. And, uh, but you're talking about them in a time when people were paying for texts. Like, <laughs> yes. That's exactly it. And, and buying ringtones, like the the new IT guy that was that was wealthy was the guy who uh, put a bunch of ringtones online for ninety nine cents a pop or something. Yeah. So basically, we said, come to our website, tell us what you are interested in, and we'll send you SMS notifications with your horoscope, team results, stock prices, right? So. That company, we ultimately sold to a competitor. Verizon was our customer and uh, T-Mobile was our customer. So uh, subsequently, both Farah and I, we saw uh, RFID as like sort of the next horizon. In today's language, uh, what we were doing was we were building an IoT company in the cloud. But what he did was he built... Uh, an RFID chip that was location capable. I used off-the-shelf hardware to solve a supply chain problem. You know those trailer tractors that you get stuck on on the highway? The mm -hmm. facilities where those trailers loaded and unloaded, they're like huge parking lots with 500 trailers. So we build a SaaS-based yard management solution to manage the life cycle of those trailers and we're leveraging RFID to know where they work. So, so that, very, very niche uh, product. Yeah. So if you look at the three things, the commonality is we look at the technological changes and advances and we say, okay, what does this enable us in terms of solving problems and redefining problems? Right. right? Now that everybody has a device with a camera and ample bandwidth, there is no reason to just text back and forth. I mean, I can only type so fast. Communication bandwidth is so much higher when you actually see a person. I mean, you guys all know, like text is like five, 10% of the communication. Audio adds another 20. The video takes it to 80, 90, and the last 15 is you need to be in the room. But with your previous companies, they all seem to be, as you just explained, kind of a, what's the new technology what does that enable as a product that doesn't exist right now? Um, this company, as you said earlier, is a little different in that you were creating it before it really had. I mean, I guess the technology was there. People just weren't using it. So you yes. thought, hey, the technology is here. You but a, You could do a Skype video call with a friend. You could do a FaceTime. So pieces of it was there. The one thing that wasn't possible when we started was for you to be able to call somebody without being on WhatsApp, Skype, like downloading some software, making friends with somebody, 
so that it would all work. We said, if we are doing customer engagement, and if the problem we are solving is for the prospect with one click to reach the business, we need to do this differently, right? Because the prospect, you can't ask them, hey, I want you to download the Zoom or I want you to be on what yeah. Telegram or Google Duo to do business with me. That's going to kill adoption. So in your I, previous companies, uh, you're looking at, okay, we have this, this yard with all these uh, tractor trailers in it. Yeah. You don't have to sell every person driving on the road to jump through some hoops for it to work. You have to sell one person running the yard, show right. them, and then they can execute it. You jump to a product that's a little risky in that, um, and, and this is where maybe you guys got lucky this time. Um, right. You jumped into a product where you needed user adoption at scale, not a single person that brings in a ton of, of right. value. And COVID, you kind of got lucky in that it, created the user adoption where you wouldn't have had it. That is correct. I mean, yeah, as I was telling you at the beginning, it was like late 2019, it was like, this is not happening fast enough. And then all of a sudden in 2020, boom, it happened. All right, so now let's go as fast as we can and let's then focus on the customer engagement that we have selected and then let's solve the problem. And if the problem is you don't know how to answer it, we'll answer the calls for you. Okay. Awesome. Basically just, you like doing technology stuff and solving problems and making companies. And this was the next thing coming up. Yeah. So you've got yourself, some other founders. Are you the founder or do you have co-founders? Uh, my co-founder who started with me, Farah Haskafi was basically my friend at the when I was doing my PhD at Berkeley. And he was there at the first startup, our VP of marketing was actually joined Pink, my second company, in 2007 as the marketing manager. Come 2020, when Pink was being sold, he was the VP of marketing. So he then jumped ship after the acquisition. He's now our own VP of marketing. So, and then our VP of customer success and GM Europe is somebody that I have known from my high school. We have only been working together the last few years now. We got to rekindle the relationship because I live in the Bay Area. His daughter was applying to Berkeley. So they came to visit and then she got in. So You said, I know a guy. I think yeah. she'll get in. <laughs> so that's where the conversation started. So we have a very experienced team that has done this before, that have worked with each other before. So that actually, I mean, doing a startup, there are a lot of challenges. So the hardest one is, is the team cohesive? Does the, the team members trust each other? And that's the one problem we don't have. But back in 2019, adoption was a challenge. And that was not something we could have accelerated. Whereas today, if your concern is your team doesn't know how to answer calls, we'll answer it for them. Right. So your, your main problem got solved there as you guys were developing and suddenly the problem becomes how can we fulfill these orders fast enough that's good uh so a little there, off is no, there is no revenue team that has enough revenues that has enough leads and i mean every environment i've been in is like the sales team gets together and marketing is yelling at them saying hey you know i passed you all the leads you didn't follow up enough and then right. the sales is saying no 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 VP of marketing, it's your fault. You didn't give us enough leads. That's the problem. So you don't have enough leads. Any leads you have, convert them as fast as you can. We've had customers, we sell data, people right. using campaigns, and we've had customers that say, oh, hey, it's working awesome. Yes, your data is great, but we have too many leads right now. So we can't, and I said, there's no such thing as too many leads. Too many leads is not your problem. You just hire more people quickly. If yeah. you have too many leads, then you have a pricing issue or something yeah. where you're charging so little, you can't afford to hire. Like the rep, the margins aren't there to hire people for all the leads pouring in. That doesn't make a lot of sense. And I realize that's not what they actually mean. They just don't want to buy right now. So they gave an excuse. And if I dig into it, they will eventually confess. Yes, they lied. We just don't want to buy right now or something like that. But um uh, yeah, having having leads flow in is an awesome thing. This seems like a great solution, something new out there. The price point you guys have it at is uh, pretty Im impressive. I love that you actually give your pricing on your website, I think you said. Yeah. Um, and then the site, 
for listeners, obviously, this will be in the show notes. So the website is 11sight.com. That's the number one, the number one, S-I-G-H-T, 11sight.com. And just come to our site, call us. And if you actually tell whoever answers, it might be me, that you, know, you want to talk to me because you have seen me on Sky's podcast and you have a follow-up question or you have an idea or a reaction, I would love to talk to you guys. Any awesome. question that once you actually signed up, go sign up. And then if you actually mention that you heard Sky's podcast, we'll give you another 10% off. And then I suppose that one of the best ways to, uh, did you say 110% off? You'll give the money back. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the best ways to uh, demo the product would be to go to 11site.com and then just reach out to you guys. Yes. And, uh, and uh, initiate a video um, a video call and uh, yeah. you'll see exactly how it works there. That's awesome that the interaction is the demo. Yeah. There's not many products like that. All right. Uh, so notes on this show, of course, go to ifyoumarket.com, go to 11 site. That's the number 11 site. Uh, so 11 site.com. And to find out more about uh, Alex and, and his company, 11 site, the ifyoumarket.com show notes page. Uh, anywhere else, I suppose, LinkedIn, anywhere else people can. No, we are on LinkedIn. They can call us from LinkedIn. They can call us from G2 Captera. It's basically 11 site.com sales slash sales or vcall.link slash 11 sales. So, and all of us have something in our signature, but the easiest is just come to our website, call us. Fantastic. Put in the notes of how to reach us and all that. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes for, for, for the listeners here and make it easy for everybody. Again, it's on ifumarket.com. And on behalf of the If You Market team and Alex Golu of 11 Site, thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with video calls, they will come. Are you looking for new leads or always in need of quality contacts for your marketing campaigns? But list companies and online tools are the worst, right? Well, then you've got to check out Top Data Search by Mountaintop Data. At Mountaintop Data, we're a team of weird people that actually like getting our hands dirty with sales and marketing data, and we specialize in business contact information. We compile and maintain a database of tens of millions of targeted, high-quality business decision makers with emails, phone numbers, mailing address, and all the information you need. Go to topdatasearch.com and request a free account with the promo code IYM1000 like if you market the podcast here and get a free account with unlimited searches, no seat fees and 1000 free record download credits. That's topdatasearch.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.